Welcome to part two of Breakfast with the fascinating Ramon Campo. Last time we talked about his time on the hit show The West Wing, Ramon's acting influences, and our experiences as Filipino-Americans in the current climate of the world and the Black Lives Matter movement. So, if you want to hear about any of those topics, you can just go back one show to part one with Ramon Campo. But right now, we are going to get into Ramon's work on X State of the Union. So get ready for some Ice Cube stories, Ramon's role as one of the best audio book narrators in the world, and our hearty breakfast from the Filipino cuisine restaurant, Fork and Spoon. So, grab some utensils, because we've got another heaping helping of Ramon Campo today on Breakfast. Pick it up! Welcome to Breakfast with Brent Pope. Breakfast. This young lady just smashed the lids on all these cakes in the bakery section. <laughs> my uh, guest today. Oh, I'm going to need to hear all about that. He adds character to my crew. <laughs> As you just said, you're not a prostitute. What? Welcome to Breakfast with Brent Pope. Great place to hang out and good food, too. I'm always playing blue collar guys. Somebody screwed through the pipe. I wouldn't jump up and down until we stabilize the hydraulics. Some salsa and some sour cream some guacamole. Who doesn't love that? It's breakfast time. The only show where bacon pancakes Hollywood. I'm your host, Brent Pope. Is there something people uh, don't know about you that you think they should? Uh, I feel like, okay, here's the thing. I feel like all my friends know this. Yeah. Uh, so people, I'm going to say people is uh, uh, because I'm, I'm in the entertainment industry. So yeah. uh, people who take me in as an entertainer. Um, I think they don't know that I grew up and spent all my life kind of being a black belt. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was a, a fighter for, for most of my young life. I, I didn't, I wasn't in high school sports because I was, I was doing tournament fighting. I, I was part of the, uh, the Virginia State like Taekwondo team. I was trying to qualify for the Olympics. I was a junior Olympian for years. I, I like my my family's story is us piling into vans and going around the country, um, fighting like doing tournaments. Like I was the the head of a of a karate team when I was growing up. Um, and I feel like when I got when I got to this business, like part of the thing was I was I thought I was going to be like a I thought I was going to be a badass. I was like, all right, I want to be an adventurer and an action guy. And, you know, I got to do State of the Union. Yeah, you were in Triple X State of the Union with Ice Cube. But yeah. they didn't let you fight in that movie. That's what I'm saying. I, like, I never I never get to do that. I guess, like, you know, the other side of me is sort of, like, intellectual or, uh, you know, there's some politics and stuff. And, and people let me do that, you know. But I somehow, like, didn't get to do that thing that I was weirdly really, or I've been really weirdly trained for. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know, I don't know what that is. I don't know why that is. Or if like, you know, the, the, my presentation just does, never, never made to that. Who knows? You know, I, uh, my family fostered a lot of children growing up. Yeah. Um, and all of those kids ended up in our karate team. Uh, but one of our fosters or one of the, one of the guys who grew up in my mom's house calls my, my mom, mom, mm-hmm. um, Kofi Adam is Black Panther. Like wow. he is the stunt guy who does Black Panther. He's in all those Marvel movies. That's insane. Like, well, this was my karate team, you know. Um, like that's that's someone who we used to beat each other up. Uh, but and and I have run into Kofi like the last uh, on on obviously I run into him all the time. But like uh, he, I actually ran into him during an episode of The Player I was doing where he was being Wesley Snipes' stunt double. That's insane. Um, and I was, 
I was actually a badass at that time. So S.J. Hodges, who cast me, who who's producing that and that that team on the player, they were like, yeah, he could be a badass. He could run yeah. and gun, you know. Did you ever, you know, when you're doing Triple X, go up to Ice Cube and say, look, Cube, I know you're the star of this movie, but I could totally kick your butt if I wanted to. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you could definitely take that Ice Cube, right? In a fight? I'm, uh, In a fist uh, fight. Well, you got to know that Cube, Cube comes... Um, Cube comes legit. Like he, yeah. yeah, he he comes with a whole village. I'm a like, huge fan of his no, stuff, man. Like, yeah, yeah, totally. And yeah. he's so charming, yeah. right? Uh, when you like his persona, and definitely after that movie, because that movie was sort of his first um, mainstream event, mm-hmm. you know. Which now that you, when you watch, when you kind of look at the uh, the history of of Ice Cube, you can kind of feel like, oh yeah, that movie was before all of those other things that he that he did that really make you understand like who he is um but i remember my experience with him was like he was this he was this king and he he actually had them round up all of his trailers in a in a in a square yeah so you know in in that movie like Willem Dafoe has a has a trailer. That, Samuel Jackson has a trailer. They can't see my face, but this might be the first time I've been speechless on this show <laughs> when you told me that. <laughs> yeah. So Willem Dafoe has has one, a single trailer and Sam Samuel Jackson has a trailer. So I'm, I'm putting my hands up on sides and then in between that Cube has a full-on village, you know, like enough trailers in a square so that in between them there was like a basketball court and the you know the and he had like his staff like he had his his security, he had his assistants, he had like just inside this square for an actor. But it, it's very interesting because he's a hip hop star doing this action film, and I think at the time there weren't that many right. versions of that. And whereas Defoe's a theater guy, and Sam Jackson's a theater guy, you know, that they're kind of ensemble people. Like that was so because definitely Sam Jackson and Willem Defoe act like, you know. Yeah, like members of a like kind of an acting ensemble who are like I was like we're the circus coming around and then in the middle of the circus is Cube Village, um, and I kind of experienced him like that. Like I I feel like I had a picture and I I talked to him a little bit once, but there were like twelve people around him around like his one like actor's chair, wow. and it was just like excuse me, Mr. Cube. Yeah, I uh, uh, really enjoy you know <laughs> you're badass. <laughs> And he, he 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 really was, and I kept trying to be a badass in that show. And then I kept, I like there there was one point where we had to like jump over a fence, um, and and Cube jumps over. I actually don't know if Cube jumped over it or if his his stunt guy did, but like Cube's stunt guy like leaps over this fence, and Scott Speedman, who's who's like a, a kind of a badass basketball player, which yeah maybe didn't know he's, he's I didn't know that he's a badass. Yeah, he used to go around the country like playing basketball with people. But he he like leaped over this fence and I'm running behind him and I'm like getting my gun out and I you know, I pull out my badass moves and I jump over and I did not make it. Oh no. I fall like on my ass and that is in the movie. And literally everybody giggled. Yeah. Including me assuming that would not be in the movie. Well, I saw it in the movie. Of I I assumed it, it was planned. No, dude. I, I thought, <laughs> oh, it was terrible. I was like, I, I can't tell you. That movie was like, that movie was 
was so humbling with all of these thoughts that like this thing is what I'm going to do. And every place that it happened in the movie, I was like, oh, that, that was not what I expected. Like there was one point where Lee Tamahori, our, our director, was like, all right, so something's going to happen over here. Something's going to happen over here. You know, a little bit mumbly. And we were standing on a pier and Scott Speedman was like, all right, well, let's let's just let's just get it right. Um, and I was not sure what was going on. You know, yeah. I was basically just running behind people for yeah. for part of this movie, and I I wasn't sure what was going on, and uh, and you know, and then I remember Lee saying that whatever happens, like don't stop, right? I still don't know what we're doing. All I know is I'm running behind Scott and stopping on a pier, you yeah. know. And I ran behind Scott. I stopped behind the pier. The entire place explodes. Wow, a full on like. The the pier blows up, a house blows up, a fireball goes up. I had no idea this was coming. Um, there's like debris. I'm covering my face. Like Scott's yelling lines at me. I yell lines back. And then afterwards, they're like, yeah, that was really good. I was like, I had no idea that was going to happen. Wow. Um, and they were like, oh, well, it's good that you didn't. You know, it's because you didn't know that it was like $4 million that we just you get a right truthful there. reaction <laughs> yeah. out of yourself. I was like, oh, <laughs> man. Thank God I didn't start giggling, you know? That's insane. Yeah. There was a lot of that where I was like, I the, I didn't realize. Uh, maybe that was the movie I didn't realize, you know, you, you, you're not always aware of what's yeah. going on. Wow. Yeah. Before we go... Yes. Any further, yeah. I want to talk about our Thank breakfast that we had. We got carryout from oh a place God. called Fork and Spoon, which is a Filipino cuisine. And you can also get Filipino breakfast there, which again, Woodland Hills and Valencia. Mm-hmm. And Valencia? No, um, Ventura. Sorry. How was your meal from Fork and Spoon? Uh, I've had a number of meals from Fork and Spoon. I, I, I like that place a lot. Yeah. Um, everybody should go to Fork and Spoon um, or, you know, Pork and Spoon. Pork and Spoon. You yes. should go to Pork and Spoon. <laughs> oh it's my right God. there yes. in the valley. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's over in Woodland Hills. Woodland Hills. Uh, we can do that because we're half Filipino. Uh, I'm half Filipino. Yes. You're full yes. Filipino. <laughs> uh, it's that's doable. Uh, but, um, you know, here's the thing because it's a pandemic, mm-hmm. um, it's very hard to get uh, uh, home cooking Filipino style. Yeah. Because Filipino food is home cooked. Filipino food is, it kind of feels like it comes from a kitchen right to your plate and you're eating it, you know, under a mosquito net, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. maybe near a beach. Like there there should be that feeling that it's maybe served on plates and on top of the plates or leaves and on top of leaves or food. Um, And it's so not conducive to, you know, picking it up after it's being, you know, preheated and then taking it home and reheating it and all that stuff. so my thought was, as soon as this is over, we have to go there and actually, like, have that sizzling sisig. Yeah, um, right. There. Because it was good. I, the, I had a, a sisig, and then I had, like, a, a bowl that had all the breakfast foods, <laughs> all yeah. the breakfast uh, uh, meats of the Philippines. So mm-hmm. It was, like, longanisa and yep. tapsilog and yeah. something else, porky or beefy. Yeah. Um, and I thought the longanisa was good, and the other stuff, I was like, this just... This came out a while ago. I needed right. to have eaten this, you know. You know, luckily for me, this helped a little bit. Yes, I got to the place, and somehow the the website hadn't sent them that I had ordered it, so oh. they had to make it while I was there. So I got it straight out of the oh <laughs> straight out. Of the, so the lechon, which is um oh, pork the with the crispy skin, the very crispy yes. skin. 
I thought was that's that was everything I needed that day. So did you have the electron? You had the electron K, right? Yeah. The, the yeah. K. So electron Kawali is that same thing, but and it's it's kind of like diced or, or it was diced. Di- yeah. Gosh, I've had that. We discovered fork and spoon, and I think for three weeks after that, I called for the exact same order every yeah. week. Yeah. And I was like, at the end of this, I'm going to have a heart attack. Like, this is... Yeah. Or get like, the you gout. Can't, you can't do this again. All my uncles got the gout. <laughs> is it from pork? Like, where'd the gout come from? I think it's from... I I don't know that they 100% know, but I, I they always say they think it's from eating too many rich foods. It's, it's from Which I, I believe a lot of Filipinos get... Yes. Yeah, it could be. <laughs> uh, a lot of Filipinos get the gout. I don't know. That's... Oh... Yeah, I don't. I mean, maybe my family had the gout. I don't <laughs> um, yeah, but, but man, that that you know, everybody should go for that lechon kawali. Yeah, they should. It's delicious. You know, uh, I enjoyed the look. Nothing is better than my mom's uh, pancit uh, and my mom's uh, lumpia. But, really? Yeah, my mom's lumpia is great. Uh, but she puts a lot of meat in it. It's a little different than the, what usually at right. the lumpia that you was, get at the restaurant is. That was very spring rolly, right? Yeah, it's yeah. very spring rolly. Yeah. Still delicious, but not not like at home. Right. It's almost like a sausage roll, really, when you get it at home. Yeah. Right? Like Correct. a hand rolled sausage mm-hmm. roll, um, with some you know, Asian Mexican spices. Yeah. You know, a lot of like uh, spices in the Philippines are Mexican based. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. And when you go to the Philippines, it's all like adobe houses and adobe bricks. And I was there, and I was like, I wonder why why that architecture is. And somebody had said it's because when Spain populated the Philippines, yeah, they stopped in Mexico. To get crew, yeah. So they picked up their crew in Mexico, and they went to the Philippines, and they left the Mexicans there. So well, look, a lot of that yeah. food and stuff are there's a lot Mexican. of there's a lot of uh, things people don't know about the Philippines. You know, people always talk about uh, uh, who's the guy that went around all the way around the world. Uh, Is that Magellan? Magellan. Yes. Yeah. They always say Magellan was the first guy to go around the world. He didn't make it around the world. He went to the Philippines. He just hung out, and he <laughs> went to the Philippines. And they killed him and they ate him. That they, I don't know if they ate <laughs> my, him. The uh, village my family's from is is his name. It's really it's Magallanes Village is the Magellan's village. Yeah, he yeah. did not make it. Maybe we ate him. He did, <laughs> he did not make it around the world. They, you know, they didn't, didn't they came it. in their big armor and tried to go up on the beach. And, you know, you know this, like all, a lot of the Filipinos have those shields of uh, the weapons of Moorland. I believe those are the weapons yeah. that they used against Magellan's people. That's one of the reasons they have those things. Right, right. Um. They tried to roll up in their big armor, and they were all heavy walking in the water. And meanwhile, the Philippines were with their darts and arrows, like, you know. <laughs> and and so usually when something like that happens, you get you you negotiate to get the body back. Right. And they're like, no, no we're no, cool. No. We're great. keeping his body. Yeah. They So no one knows where Magellan is. No one knows right. where his body that's is. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Uh, anyway, that's what, <laughs> one of the uh, things that happened in the Philippines. <laughs> uh, but... Going back to Fork and Spoon. Yes. Delicious food. Uh, you guys should check it out. It's in Woodland Hills. Oh, it's so good. Uh, yeah. And thank you for- That uh, sizzling seasick's really nice. Yeah? Yeah. I'll have to get the, we'll have to get that when this is Lots all over. Lots like pork yeah. bits in, in like a fried egg. Nice. You know? Yeah. yeah. Well, this is over. There's We're going back there. Really. Thank you yeah. for joining me uh, remotely for the- <laughs> Right. <laughs> for, the, <laughs> for the breakfast. Breakfast. You are prolific at doing audiobooks. You've done, I want to say, nearly 300 audiobooks. Yep, yep. And you just won- a big award. Tell us about that. You've won other awards too, have you not? I have. I have. I, you know, I've I, other than um, and then you know, uh, television and 
theater and film acting, like audiobooks has been part of my life since I came out of school. Mm-hmm. I, I, about 22 years I've done audiobooks. Wow. Um, I've done audiobooks since they were cassette tapes, since there was paper. Like nobody, nobody records on paper anymore. But yeah, it was, it was cassettes and tape and paper and uh, all sorts of timing things that you had to do. And, um, and uh, yeah, I just, Audio File Magazine just blessed me with um, uh, the a Golden Voice Award. Or, wow. um Yeah, or I've created or have put me into that category of their Golden Voice narrators, and there are very few of them, and I can't. It's like a, it's, it's like a... Um, like a lifetime achievement award, I feel. Yeah. You know, that well, it's a... you're much too young to have a lifetime achievement award, but right. once you've accomplished enough, sometimes they give it to you at a young age. So that's congratulations. That's that's amazing. There are also, I mean, thank you. And there are very, very few of us, which makes it a really incredible um, and honor to have. Just uh, like Scott Brick, Eduardo Ballerini, um, Jim Dale, wow. uh, Dion Graham. Um, Ed Herman, Derek Jacoby, I mean Martin Jarvis. Like, there's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a tight group of people, you know. Yeah. Um. So I'm really, uh, I feel really, uh, I feel really honored to be, to be counted in. Actually, what's what's so funny is, up until recently, I would always do these audiobooks in studio, and now. I've been recording at home. I, I have my own studio at home, uh-huh. my own like a professional recording studio, um, and uh, I've only been doing it that way for a few years, maybe like three years, because I was actually re- recording in a tiny closet in West Hollywood for a bit. Okay. But um, yeah, maybe like three years I've been recording this way, and there are narrators who've done it since the beginning of their um, careers. So they've been doing it for years and years. And so I still feel like a baby. And I, I always wonder, are, are they going to give me another book? Is somebody right. going to read something else? Uh, is it going to all end? And um, I don't know, maybe uh, getting an award like this makes you feel like, oh, maybe they believe I can stay. You now know? you are a made man. <laughs> maybe. Like, this, <laughs> this if audiobooks was a mafia, you'd be a made man. <laughs> That's what I think it means. It's such a small little community. So, That's right. Um, so like the mafia. So lucky. <laughs> like the mafia. No. That's, congratulations, man. That's Thank awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and you know, just you guys hear his voice. You can tell why you know he's just very clear when he talks and has a nice tone to the voice too. Yeah, know? like a twelve-year-old so. child. Yes, I feel like that's <laughs> it is the tone of a twelve-year-old. Well, look, you you've done a lot of the uh, Diary of a Wimpy Kid books. Yes, the, yeah. I can tell you that the you know the students that I've worked with in the past. They love those books, you know? Yes. So that's pretty crazy. I'm incredibly uh, proud of those books. Um, they actually let me do a lot of acting in those books. Like, uh, I, when we first got those books, there are 13 of them now. I believe we do one a year. Yeah. Um, when we first got those books, uh, there's so much, um, there's so many cartoons in them. There's so many illustrations. Yeah. And we were trying to figure out how to get those illustrations out in, in an audiobook form. And because Recorded Books Incorporated is so cool, they their sort of motto is that the, the audiobook can, can be different from the book. It should be the idea is you're hearing this story in a car, you know, not right. necessarily following along with a book. So let's let's give them this story and this a whole new form, and so myself and uh, and my mentor and producer and director Bob Dion, we used to sit in the booth and I'd improv lines and throw out ideas and see which jokes landed the best, and mm-hmm. you know. So there's still a, a lot of that inside those Wimpy Kid books of 
um, me figuring out like what are good zingers. They don't they don't let me get away with a lot of the stuff now. At right. this point, uh, other people come in and they write some jokes or yeah. um, they're just trying to make it clear. But but uh, you know there was a, a whole lot that I got to stamp on that. Um, and I can't tell you how many people weirdly recognize the voice from that. That's um, interesting. Or when people be like, "You're you sound like my book." That's a it's a yeah. weird thing to hear, but it's true. Right. Um, my mother was actually she was driving to Vegas from L.A. and she stopped at one of those like Vegas strip malls. Um, not Vegas strip malls, but one of those strip malls on the way to Vegas, like randomly yeah. in the desert. And she said she was she was buying something and she was. Uh, she was paying for it and they had a really like old school credit card machine and the woman uh, who was running the counter said, uh, um, what's your name? And she said, Carol D'Ocampo. And she said, like, a hell's angel biker behind her. Like some big shaved headed leather vested Harley yeah. rider was like, Carol D'Ocampo? Like, uh, like Ramon D'Ocampo? And she was like, oh, do you know him from LA? Are you an actor? And he's like, no, no, but... I listen to all his books. My kids love that wimpy kid, man. We we listen to all of them. Or, uh, I'm a big fan. I always I always wanted to find out what uh, that guy does. So that's that really funny. Like the reach. No, Audiobooks is the number one, uh, the the biggest uh, expanding portion of publishing right now. So. Well, I gotta say, especially during the pandemic times, which we are in right now, mm-hmm. there's gotta be just like so because we can't go to the library either. Right. There's got to be so many people downloading audiobooks to listen to. You know? Well, it's such an opportunity to be like, you can listen to your audiobook while going on a walk, while not looking at a screen. Right. Like, that sounds, right. that's just fantastic. Right. You know. I had a, I, you know, I had a, like, I guess for a long time I thought, eh, audiobooks are not for me. And then I listened to On Writing by Stephen King. Oh, I want to listen to that. Is it it's, Stephen King doing it? It's Is... Stephen King doing it. Oh, man. And it's just, uh, that's the first one I listened to, and I was like, this is just like... So amazing. It yeah. is excellent. It, it is a real way, especially when you have a good actor or a, an author who's very good, mm-hmm. um, and a lot of them are not, and most of them know it. Right. <laughs> but, like, when you have a good actor or a good, uh, a good channel, then you should be able to get uh, a little flavor of them, but really, like, you get the author's intentions. You, yeah. You can really connect to it. Uh, right. And it sort of pours into your ears. Yeah. Um, that's great. Well, that's cool, man. I, we haven't had anyone that does a lot of audiobooks on the show, so I wanted to, you know, to share your experience. And yeah. look, if we're going to get somebody, we might as well get somebody that's w- that's won the Golden Voice Award. <laughs> Am I right? It is now time for our segment we call Breakfast Quick Bites. Breakfast Quick Bites. Quick Bites. Quick Bites. Breakfast Quick Bites. Breakfast, the most important meal of the day. Ramon, you are a prolific audiobooks narrator, as we just mentioned. Is it cheating or just another way to read a book in the modern world? Oh, come on. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So here's the thing. I get why people would think it's cheating, but I feel like those people have never listened to an audiobook. I I really do. I feel like they were never, they're they're like, um, you know, you might as well pick up the Cliff's Notes, but they're not Cliff's Notes. They're always unabridged. It, yeah. It's really rare that you get an abridged audiobook that's not... Why Why would you even bother? Why would you get right. an abridged audiobook? Um, but, uh, you know, it's not. In fact, there are studies that show that you get the same from it. Yeah. Um, uh, and because, you know, I'm a firm believer that spoken word is the original form of, of storytelling that... Authors, um, 
intend their stuff to be read out loud. And if they hadn't intended before, they do now. Which is interesting because you can, especially if you do audiobooks, you can see when authors started to listen to their books because their sentence structure gets better. You know, you don't have... 18 lines with with no sentence structure or like they they put as many commas as they possibly could in it to wind you back around. They're like, no, somebody's going to listen to this story and I want it to connect. Yeah. Um, there's a musicality you can only get when you hear it read out loud. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I feel like uh, I definitely think that everybody should be reading. Uh, it's not that, but I definitely right. don't think listening the new york times doesn't even think listening is yeah. is is cheating you know they in fact i hear on pop culture happy hour all the time where they're like oh yeah yeah i read this book by audio um mm-hmm. uh you know I, I listened to it and but it seems like reading by audio book is is becoming more and more the ver- the vernacular yeah. um and i don't think that it's just audiobook fans. I think it's authors. I think it's critics and book critics, you know. Mm -hmm. I think it's people who love books. I mean, I don't think I could have uh, read um, the, the, like, interesting, cultural, nuanced new books that come out so often if I didn't read them while driving in the car, you know? Yeah. Um, Yeah. Interesting. Well, I like I'm a fan of them now. Like I said before, I didn't I was ignorant of them and then I read that one and all of a sudden now I'm like, "Oh, okay." And you know, for me, it's it also makes sense if you're a person like say you're in a metropolitan area like Los Angeles where you're yeah. carpooling to work, what are you going to do during that half hour? You could listen to some sports talk or, you know, some kind of morning drive thing or you could actually which I do sometimes. Yeah, yeah. But you could too. also say, oh, this is a book I'd like to read. I don't have time to read, read it. So I'm going to listen to it, take it still taking in all the information and uh, while I'm driving. So yeah, it makes everybody's sense. been talking about this book. What's so good about right. it? Is it something that would work in audio? I mean, I feel like definitely in the metropolitan, that is something you could do. But, you know, I'm from Virginia. There are people who, there who, who like tend fields. Like there are farms and right. stuff. And I was like, yeah, if you're going to be out there, you know, um, even when I'm like working on my garden at home, I feel like, yeah. oh, it's really great to hear a story. You can I do that and that doesn't take away from what you're doing. Especially because I feel like oftentimes in, in the music world, I'm just hearing the same loop of music. You yeah, know? true. And it's great. I, I like that loop of music, but I, I like to be I like to hear a story. I like mm-hmm. to be connected to a story. I like to talk to people about the story. Right. So, huge fan. So definitely not cheating, guys. I agree with that. Uh, breakfast quick bite number two. Ramon, you and I were both born in the Philippines. So what is the more delicious Filipino dish? Lechon kawali or pancit? All right, this is... I mean, I feel like it's not fair because I think lechon and pancit would be really great together. together. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about mm-hmm. because, you know, if you're going to have, you know, a heart attack on a plate, you might as well put it on a right. bed of freaking noodles. Yes, thank you. Uh, <laughs> they are similar flavor profiles though, right? There's a little bit of that so. umami flavor yeah. to them, so, yeah. which makes it a good argument. I feel like for me, uh, I I can't not eat the meat. Yeah. Like, I just... Like, I, I want it right now. Like, I yeah. want to go right now <laughs> and get some lechon kawali. I might do that. I feel like pancit can go with, like, everything. I feel like it's yeah. sort of, like, the the background. Pancit for you, for, for non-Filipino yeah. or non-Filipino-American, non-Filipino friends. Right. You know? Um, 
it's uh, it's like a clear noodle dish that is um, has that kind of umami, like yeah. soyish, salty right. flavor. And there's uh, there's usually an, an element to it that's like vegetable fried rice, but noodles, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and and who so many so many people go straight for the for the pancit dish, and I feel like. I don't know. I'm, I don't. I don't have to live forever. Right. I straight to that lechon and just. Enjoy, I mean, like I'm old enough that I can feel it. I can feel yeah. it in my heart. The lechon, which the is the, the the pork with the crispy skin, it's kind of cubed. It's very very crispy skin. Full on. And then pig. the pancit is like vermicelli ah, with some it. veggies mixed in. And, oh man, uh, that yeah. sounds great. Yeah, it's, it's delicious. <laughs> um, I you know I was talking to my dad the other day, and I had never heard this story before, but. He told me when he met his mom when they were first hanging out in the Philippines that his nickname was Ponset no. because he just loved to eat it so much. No. So probably my dad would pick Ponset, but uh, you and I were on the Lechon Kowali yeah, train. Yeah, really on the yeah. Lechon train. <laughs> well, this has been really fun, Ramon. In the future, yes. there's going to be a movie called The Ramon Diocampo Story. Okay. Who's going to play you in that movie? All right, all right. So you ever watch that movie, um, I'm Not There? Yeah. Okay. Uh, it, it, in that movie, Bob Dylan's kind of played by everyone. Correct. Right? Yep. And I was thinking, like, who who would play me in a movie right now? Like, I, I feel like there's a part of me and maybe, like, my, my journey as a person, as a craftsman, okay. that is sort of always sort of looking for what my voice is. Yeah. You know? And... And I'm not always sure, and sometimes I nail it down, and I feel like that—that's when I—that's when I get jobs, and I'm like, oh, that was my <laughs> voice, and they're like, oh yeah, it was truthful, and then I'm like, well, where is it again? And I can't find it. Um, uh, so, I think when I was young, um, the young me, the new me that comes out, I feel like you know, we should start with like Henry Thomas. Um, okay. Not not old Henry Thomas, who I don't know, but yeah. I literally mean E.T. E.T. Henry I Thomas. Mean, like, I think there's something about me that was like innocent and wide-eyed and goofy. Um, yeah. And uh, and then I feel like you know, as we progress um, into almost high school, I was I was trying to figure out like what would be the right thing, and it should be like Alfonso Ribeiro, like oh, something yes. something a little cheesy. Yeah. But. You know that dude's talented. He, he knows is. what he's doing, but you're also like that. That's that guy doesn't realize like he's he's probably being embarrassing. But in the movie, we can we can definitely watch, and I will I will be embarrassed. Yeah, with Alfonso Ribeiro, who's very good at being you know unquestionably embarrassed yes. by <laughs> what he's doing. <laughs> um, and I thought when we get to when we get to college, where I feel like I was much more of a blank slate. Because I was not supposed to go to college for acting. I thought I was going for painting and ended up, you know, as an actor. I think then we have to bring in the Filipino. Like, like we, we have to bring in Darren Chris at some point, right? Mm, so, okay. like, I don't, I don't really know what Darren does. Like, I kind of feel like he, his thing is a little bit of a blank slate. And also yeah. he's half Filipino, he you is. know? And I feel like that's the time where he could be like, oh, I think I'm, I think I may, I might be these other things, right? Um... Uh, and then I feel like later on in life, like now-ish, okay. you know, or up until now-ish, like I feel like Darren could take us through the, my New York time before I yeah. got to L.A. And then I feel like at a certain point it should be like Donald Glover. But but like <laughs> Donald Glover from like Atlanta. Like mm-hmm. not Donald Glover being awesome, you know, not like 
not Bambino, not not Childish Bambino being right. cool. Like I would, I was never that cool. But in a little bit of a like half a dad bod, half mm-hmm. a like I'm not sure how to deal with like what, right. what's my life? Am I gonna have kids? Like I don't, you know what yeah. what is this thing? And I feel like there's something that he hits where he's like, um, I'm just trying to figure this thing out. Yeah, you know. And then I feel like as we progress from here, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know where my life goes, but I feel like. If it goes in that direction of, um, you know, sarcastic and funny and kind, then we can call, like, Kumal Nanjani to do, Oh yeah, you know, me as old Ramon. Yeah. And then if, uh, if, it, if it doesn't and I end up being twisted and, and a wreck and, you know, uh, of uh, questionable ethnicity, then, like, Johnny Depp's always on hand. Yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> me, like, to be roasting towards the end of my days. <laughs> And we could have Jim Dale narrate the whole thing. So nice. it feels like a. Uh, you put some thought into that. Hey, I dude, appreciate that. I just feel and like. It's very detailed. No, I, 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 I couldn't be I, like, I like, oh, it. yeah. I, I, I am all for Kate uh, Blanchett playing me for the whole time, too. Thank like, you. That's, that's totally fine. But, <laughs> and, uh, but if Kate can't do it, you know, I would right. like it to be a multicultural group of guys who aren't quite sure of where they are and <laughs> had moments in their life, you know. That seems, that all seems perfect to me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that was way too big an answer. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you would like to get more info on The Breakfast Show, such as pics of Ramon Diocampo having breakfast from Fork and Spoon with me, there are a couple of ways you can do that. You can hit me on Instagram at, at scoopspope. You can see all the breakfast pics and videos on the Brent Pope Facebook actor page. Ramon Diocampo, what's coming up for you? Anything you want to plug? And where can we find you on social media? Um, uh, all, all my social media is at Ramon Diocampo. Uh, so Twitter, Instagram, Facebook is at Ramon Diocampo. Um, and, uh, my website, uh, RamonDiocampo.com, um, is easy to find. And I put a lot of stuff on social media. Uh, right now, although I think this is coming later, you know, the Romance of Magno Rubio is streaming again. Um, and Mayi might put that out. And that is a play that I did 17 and 20 years ago. Wow. Um, that uh, I won an OB for, and we toured the world with it, and they have an actual video of it from the Philippines. Yeah. Um, and that's so that'll be streaming. Um, and, you know, um, there are always audiobooks coming out. And, uh, yeah, and I feel like the best way to do it is, you know, follow me on social media. I really like Instagram. Yeah. Um, that's the easiest way. So, yeah, follow along. Excellent. Say hi. Yeah. Uh, you know what I, I have to mention because I saw it and I was like, this is, this is amazing. Uh, this, this is how you know Ramon is a guy who likes to stay in shape. I was looking up Ramon the other day, and the first thing that pops up when I type in Ramon is Ramon Diocampo shirtless. And I was like, yeah, that'll what? never. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that'll never happen for me. I, oh, I try to scrub any shirtless photos. Uh, oh, that's but, so sad. I feel like I put on the COVID-19. Ah! <laughs> like it's right there. Yeah. You'll get it back. <laughs> My wife is pregnant. I think I am the one with the baby belly. His wits. That, that's, that's your job. Was, right? That's that, your job. During I'm trying the, to Donald Glover my right, body. Right, exactly. You know? <laughs> I, I just I was just like, move on. that's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I got to scrub that. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, we put another magnificent episode of Breakfast with Brent Pope in the old to-go bag. See you. <laughs>